0: Powered by Go Goat Sports, in partnership with TSN, it is Season 4, Episode 24, 24 of the Reign Dregs Hockey Podcast, and it is presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. And if you're following us on the YouTube channel, I, well, you'll see me point. right. I'm now pointing. There it is. The Benji Canadian girl. Club, 45-year-old. End of the chronicle. My series. question about
1: that is, mm-hmm. is it in the box, or is it Partly in
0: your belly. No, no, no. Hold on. Okay, I'll try and do play by play as I describe this. I'm now opening what is a beautiful black Canadian Club Chronicle series box, and you've already probably opened yours, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's but not
1: it's not sampled, but look at that beauty! Like, look at
0: it. Isn't that spectacular packaging? I mean, we're gushing now, and that's kind of what we do, but it's worth it because I just received it yesterday.
1: Right as. Is young Mason Drager home from school yet?
0: He is. Has uh, he got his hooks but, uh,
1: or sights on that yet?
0: Not yet. He's actually going to Jamaica on Sunday morning. So he's trying to keep himself as clean as he can before getting there. However, we are getting company. This is Friday. On Saturday, I'm just trying to decide whether I crack it for company or not. Are, are they I worthy? I want to. Are they worthy? His remember the old, you remember the old, spo- uh,
1: you remember the old Seinfeld episode? Uh, Elaine had to decide whether guys were sponge worthy or not.
0: <laughs> she only had what six or eight sponges. Something yeah, like she that. was she was she was
1: being pretty discriminating. I think Putty made
0: it. Yeah, in, you know, <laughs> Putty, the big Devils. Fan, Does he still know? go to all the Devils games? Yeah, got to support the team. We could track him down at some point. The way the Devils are playing. So, how about this? Did the Leafs and the New York Rangers some studio last mm-hmm. night and? You know, Vancouver's had its share of inclement weather, I would say, some snow in the last month or so, so we get hit with a storm, and being from the prairies, this stuff doesn't normally bug me, and it didn't really bug me. Okay. It took me ten extra minutes driving to drive into work, driving home post game. I'm lazy when it comes to cleaning off the truck, Ray, I'm just oh, lazy, man. and it was that it's that heavy wet snow, so I just kind of pushed it off the windshield. You know, it's, it's negligence because it's also dangerous when you're driving. Stuff is flying off your vehicle. And, you know, I was feeling bad. So I'm on the 401, okay. middle lane. I'm bucking at about 90 kilometers per hour because it, you know, again, it was kind of blizzarding. All of a sudden, I see brake lights in front of me. I don't have to slam on the brakes. I just have to slow down. As I slow down, all of the snow from the roof of my truck slides down onto the windshield. My wipers yeah. aren't working. They they can't work because the heavy. snow is too heavy. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of the 401. It's not like you can pull over to the side of the highway and clean off the snow. So here's what I did. I mean, thank God nobody was in the truck with me. I rolled down the passenger window. Sure. And that's how I drove for the next 15 minutes, looking sideways. And I knew that as long as I stayed close to the the stone meridian that eventually I'd come to an exit and that's what I had to do for okay, so
1: 40 Drakes,
0: for 15 minutes. Uh,
1: my son, Riley, is going to turn 16 on December 30th. Yeah, Remind me not to send him to you for a lesson.
0: <laughs> I'm an excellent driver. I'm just lazy when it comes to clearing up <laughs> snow. Jeez. Okay.
1: So I don't want to say in Vancouver, we have, you know, substandard snow removal stuff, but we have substandard yeah. snow removal stuff. We don't get much yeah. snow. So I've got this you know the long scraper with the brush. Yeah. So two weeks ago it snowed, it iced up. So I've got this thing that I bought at I don't know the dollar store for ninety nine cents or whatever it is. So I yeah. go to scrape, and it and worked for what ten seconds. I don't even think I got three scrapes. And the thing folded. <laughs> in and so you know, you may have noticed I'm not very tall, so I could only reach so far across there, and then I'm back to That's using my scary. credit card.
2: The, oh, yeah, yeah. You
1: know, what a just pathetic but uh, well but you remember you pulled it off though go ahead. the driving
0: I, I i pulled it off like i eventually found an exit you know then i did a better job of clearing off the snow but uh you know a few years back when we started the podcast maybe it was two years ago but we used to do the throat punch segment yeah, yeah. you remember i throat punched uh, the, the plow driver right. because he locked me in that happened again this morning again the heavy wet snow it took me two hours to clear my driveway and I just looked out now and I've got another three foot ridge. So I'm a little, sorry, a little grumpy right Okay, I'm
1: going to give you one thing to. Certainly. I'm going to give you one thing that'll make you smile before we get to headlines to take away yeah. your grumpiness. Okay. So this morning I, I go to feed Ollie, Ollie the dog. And yeah. uh, so in our pantry, there's a little tiny sink that we kind of clean the food in, you know, so it's not in a regular sink. So I'm too right. lazy to walk around to the front of the sink. So I'm doing it from the side. Unfortunately, the kit, the cabinet in there is right about five foot nine and a half, which I slide right underneath. And when I stood (laughs) up, I'm like, I hear it. I hear the cabinet pierce my head.
0: Oh, no. This
1: thing, like I'm blood pouring down my face. Oh, no. So my son, Matt, happens to walk in. I'm like, he's like, what the hell happened to you? And I go, hey, do I need stitches? And he looks and he's like probably and then so it stops bleeding and he gets a little of that you know jelly or whatever sticks it on there he's like yeah you'll be fine he's not going to ruin your hair but so no i was bleeding all over the kitchen like if if the kids were here that they would have walked around the corner reese the younger guy (laughs) would have you know he would have hit the deck but (laughs) anyways i knew you'd get an enjoyment out of that
0: well uh, you did and then real quick we got to get moving but Another bizarre experience with James Duthie on the Ryan Rashog pierre Lebrun podcast earlier today, Got Your Back. Duthie is is part of the conversation roundtable, and you can see his little dog. I think it's like a French terrier or something like that, and the poor dog's lame. It's an old dog. It can't move its hind legs. You see the dog in the leather chair behind James taking a crunch on the chair (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we had to pause the episode. You got to see it. I'm sure it'll be posted. Rashad for sure will post oh, it. That's we shit. had to pause so that James could go pick up the doggy doo-doo. So <laughs> there you go. How about this segue? We're joined today by Hurricanes head coach Rod <laughs> Brindamore, who will have none of the shenanigans when he joins us later in the podcast. But uh, one of the good teams in the NHL, that division is really heating up, right? Yep. The Metro with best, uh, the best Hurricanes. Best division
1: in hockey right now.
0: Oh, now well, right now you're right with Pittsburgh and the New York Rangers and the New Jersey Devils have have been really good, stumbling a little bit of late. But I mean, it's just a mild setback for the Devils. So look forward to uh, visiting with Rod Brindemore in episode 24. Headlines again this season presented by good friends at Boston Pizza. And why don't we start with that Metro Division? Right, got the Rangers. Clipping along, that's five straight wins after beating the Leafs last night, and apparently, Ray, the fire gallant chance have, have now stopped. He's okay, at least for the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah, but they they haven't got to like they did in New Jersey, where they were saying sorry, uh, Lindy. Yeah. They haven't sorry, quite Sorry, Lindy. <laughs> so, um, but it, it is amazing though. Like a couple of things have happened in the you know, hmm. and is kind of steadied himself. Yeah, uh, they're getting really good production. Again, from Heedle, who in the last, I don't know, six or eight months has really taken a jump forward. Capo Caco started night. to score a couple of goals. He got one last night again. Lafreniere is, you know, has kind of found his way. And really what happened is they put those three kids back together a little bit more frequently. Mm. And sometimes, as much as you'd like to spread your lines around a little bit, certain guys just work well together. So the Rangers won five straight. That was a good game. It was a good game. Uh, they did a really good job. On Toronto. There wasn't much for the Leafs there. there. There was one time in the second period, I'm sure you guys had a clock on it. The Leafs were oh. in the zone
0: for, was it five minutes? Well, it was a good, I mean, Brayden Snyder was stuck out there, the defenseman for the Rangers, for two minutes and 50 seconds. Like he needed full on oxygen when he finally cleared the zone.
1: And then, and they weren't able to score. And, yeah. um, you know, they both teams really didn't have a lot of chances. Marner really only the one great chance late and just can stop them so his 32 point 23 game streak is over which was just an astounding accomplishment and really and for the leafs too like we're talking about the rangers this this league has turned into a league of streaks here drakes you know like the blues lost eight in a row then they won seven in a row the devils had that great start the bruins won their first 14 games at home the the vegas was way out in the streak the Leafs were 12-0-3 till last night. Mm-hmm. The Rangers now have won five straight. It's like the parity, I think, means you're going to you are going to have teams that go on really great runs. And then there are going to be times when you just flatten out and everybody takes advantage of your flat spot. Like the Penguins now, all of a sudden, yeah. they're another one of those teams.
0: How do you even describe what's going on there? I mean, it's phenomenal. Chris Latang is announced, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago by the Penguins. He suffered his second stroke dating back to 2014. And, you know, the news was, was progressive. It was good. You know, the doctors did a nice job. And obviously, they're not letting him back into the league until he's healthy and ready. So he's back in the league. He scores. He's got two points as the Penguins beat Florida, earning their seventh straight. So it's just a little bit of everything going the Penn's way these days.
1: Well, it is. And you can't win without it. And Tristan Jari struggled. At the start of the year. Yeah. And now I think he's on, I think he's a 12 game win point streak mm-hmm. that, uh, that Jari's on. Uh, he is, I mean, let's face it, they, he has to be, what is it? Oh, he's 10 0 and 1, 10 0 and 1 streak right yeah. now for, for Jari. So they're getting the goaltending. Uh, Crosby and Malkin are on a good run. Malkin has really been quite productive since the first couple of weeks of the season. Crosby's had a, Crosby's 35 years old. Like it, it, one time, like we're going to not take it for granted that he's going to be one of the best players in the league, but he still is. And yeah. so now the, the Pens are in a far different spot and looks like that division is going to be a slugfest, right? It,
0: yeah, it, it does.
1: You know, it makes me wonder about like, can the Devils hang on like that great start? I'm just looking now. They're four points in front of Carolina and Pittsburgh. All that work, you're four points ahead. Yeah, You're nowhere. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Let's go to Edmonton. All right. We, we saw that was a fun game, too. I, I didn't watch all of it. We were you know, just cleaning up the mess after the, the Rangers and the Leafs last night. So I watched when I finally got home. But, you know, Connor McDavid was grumpy after that game. A shutout well, shootout loss, I should say, to the St. Louis Blues. He was called, if you haven't seen it, I mean, it's made its rounds. And by, if you haven't, I'm talking about anybody listening or watching. He was called offside in overtime, which disallowed the Leon Dryside what would have been a game-winning goal. The situation room in Toronto determined that Connor didn't have possession of the puck. So I'm going to read his quote and then I want you to, to weigh in on this, Ray, because I do understand star players frustration, not just in this case, McDavid. McDavid post game says, quote, the league has got to clarify some of these rules. What's a kick? What's offside? What's goalie interference? It kind of depends on the night, I guess, says Connor McDavid. So again, heat of the moment stuff, right? Like, yep. That sure. game got away from them. They felt like they deserved a better outcome. I guess the one thing that I would question, and full disclosure, I did not talk to the Situation Room last night, and I haven't reached out today. But when I'm looking at that video, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, if that puck is anywhere in the vicinity, like, I mean, two feet of, of Connor McDavid or two feet from his stick, isn't possession kind of assumed? Or did you see that there was a lack of control and they got it right? No, to me,
1: the play boiled down to one thing, and that's as McDavid goes over the line, you know, he doesn't have the puck on his stick, right? It's, it's in that bubble zone, as you talk about. Yeah. He makes contact, his stick makes contact with the Blues defenseman's stick. Mm-hmm. How could he have possession if he's got contact with the Blues player's stick? So, And that's people, key. Yeah. To me, that's key. And this is it the is. problem. Yeah. This is the problem with trying to, you know, when you, we all want the consistency, it drives us all crazy. Same thing with the goalie interference. The goalie interference is even more difficult because that becomes even more of a judgment. But the mm-hmm. McCar play last year and the McDavid play this year, they're similar, but they're not the same. Right. Like I, in my view, I can see that. Like I, as soon mm-hmm. as he makes contact with a stick, I'm like, yeah, he doesn't have possession. Yeah. Because he's stick battling with the blues player, even if it's just for a second, it, that you can't say, oh, but a half a second later, he ha- doesn't matter. No, doesn't work. No. They fixed this offside rule. They killed an ant with a sledgehammer. No. And from when Matt Duchesne was 15 or 20 feet offside and they somehow missed it, and we got into this quagmire of the offside rule, used to be the simplest rule ever. Yeah. Used to be simple. Yeah. And then it was, you know, skate in the air, break the plane. Now, I don't know. So I totally get and sympathize with McDavid. Totally get it. But it's not just the star players. It's every player. Uh, Dregs, I told you this. I think I told this story on the podcast. One year, they had switched from tag up offside to when you couldn't tag up offside. (laughs) And... We shot the puck in. It was in an exhibition game. Somebody shoots the puck in. And the whole bench is yelling, offside, offside. And the linesman turns around. It's like, guys, we changed that rule in the summer. And we're like, oh, we didn't know.
0: (laughs) You think you know, but you don't. Well, one thing for sure, whether it's Mike Murphy, Colin Campbell, in Hockey Ops, or Stephen Walkham with officiating, you know, heat of the moment, okay, they don't have access directly with Connor McDavid. I guarantee you if McDavid wanted a better explanation – or wanting to go painstakingly through the rule book with all three of the issues that he raised, those men would happily take that call and explain it to McDavid. So it's just when, when when a voice like that speaks, the world listens. Sure, it right? carries, it carries weight in the game.
1: Drake, I've said this before. I would love the league to take, a, take the rule book, put a committee together, start at page one, and streamline the rules so more people can understand them. Because I think they've uh, gotten rather yeah. complicated for most players, coaches, and certainly the fans. So, why not simplify it?
0: Yeah, I may have heard from some NHL people that you were badgering during the broadcast meetings prior to the start of the year. You were peppering with a lot of questions and stirring up trouble and trying not to... Not a lot of questions,
1: just just uh, one really direct one. Hey, why don't you fix the rule book so everybody could understand it? <laughs> <laughs> That's really, to me, it's like... I don't know yeah, that got it, to, it takes that got to be pretty quick I'm sure <laughs> uh, So say it takes six standing. months to do it. who cares? Yeah. Say like you started it now, this committee of yeah. retired officials and and player like a recently retired players and coaches and and you came through the rule book and you presented it and it starts for next year or the year after. Why yeah. say the game's yeah. great and we never want to improve it? Keep trying to improve it. Why not?
0: Well, speaking of the rule book, we have seen some pretty big hits this year. You don't see them every game, right? You don't. And maybe that's why they become such a spectacle. There was one earlier this week with Ryan Reeves, man, it was just a big, nasty hit. And then before that, you had, you know, Jacob Truba went over Anthony Athanasio of the Chicago Blackhawks. And, you know, Truba has a bit of a history of that, but I'm not trying to to paint the picture of these being dirty plays because they're not. I mean, they're deemed illegal. The Reeves hit was legal, but yet it draws the ire of many, mostly media, some player agents, but many. So are you good with the way it stands or would you like to see a penalty where any head contact is a two minute minor and then it elevates from there depending on, you know, the lateness of the hit, all of that stuff. Or are we just the physicality for the most part has has been largely ruled out of the game right now? Does it need to be further pushed out? Uh, I don't
1: know what possible illegality Ryan Reeves committed on that hit. Yeah, and Dregs, you you know, I mean, we've we've talked about this and been through this a lot. I am way more on the safety of the game than the aggression of the game. I'm yeah. I'm far preferable to any head contact being a penalty. However. It's not that simple. Like what happens if, when you say any head contact, so what happens if Ryan Reeves, who's much bigger than Philip Roenick, makes contact, its body, and at the end of it, you know, is because of his size, there's head contact. Yeah, right? Can you take that completely out of the game? And if you do, are you essentially eliminating the physical part of the game? And if mm-hmm. you do, is that what you really want to do? Now, the biggest part of the problem with that hit, two things for me. One is Ronick didn't expect it. Like he just, clearly the players don't expect to be hit in the middle of the ice. Yeah. Because of the way the rules are changed. And I think that's, that's kind of a good thing. It takes away the most dangerous hits next to the three feet around the boards. The second yeah. part is Ryan Reeves weighs about 235 pounds. He's 40 pounds heavier yeah. than Philip Ronick. He went over him like a speed bump. Mm-hmm. And I got hit once like that by Mike Greer. He hit me in Edmonton and I'm telling you, he didn't even slow down. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, like I, it was a demolition. Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt of that hit. Yet I don't think the hits illegal. There are some that will any hit like that, any noise hit, any big hit they want out of the game. I just, I just think if you want there to be physicality in the game, <laughs> You're going to mm-hmm. have a really tough time drawing a black and white line. This is bad. This is good to those hits.
0: All right. Well, we have one one more item here on headlines, and I think we have time for it. And then we'll get to Rod Brindlemore from the Carolina Hurricanes. It wasn't on the agenda at the Board of Governors meetings earlier this week in Florida, but it always surfaces at the Board of Governors meetings. And that's the question about a plan or an ex- mm-hmm. extended playoff. You know, I had that conversation with a bunch of, of governors. Luke Robitaille, the LA Kings comes to mind. So many of them, the vast majority are in are in favor of expanded playoffs and and maybe the play in, you know, because it, it creates more of a spectacle for the NHL. The entertainment is there, et cetera. I'm curious as to why Commissioner Bettman has the final say in that. I know it's brought up even with the executive committee, right? The smaller group before it gets to the larger group. And then they kind of whittle out what they want to take to the larger group. I mean, at the end of the day, why wouldn't these owners recognize the marketing value of something like that? The entertainment aspect of it that time of the year when things are ratcheting up and say, sorry, Gary, you know, no different than video review. You know, Batman warned everyone video review is going to be a bad idea. Maybe he's right in hindsight but in this case it's surprised the commissioner has the final saying not the owners of the nhl club uh,
1: i'm quite surprised with it i mean uh, let let's be honest you know gary bettman works for the owners it's not the it's not the other way around yeah. the owners don't work for him um here's a major would you difference. like it yeah. do i like what the play-in or an expanded playoff process okay expanded expanded playoffs no play-in yeah. yes so I was going to just give this example. So when we went to video, we, the game, the sport, went to video review, there was no real playbook as to what that might look like because it was all new, right? It was all new.
0: In Uh, hockey, yeah.
1: There, yes, and each, you know, each sport can't be the same. You know, basketball takes takes advantage or takes control of the clock in the last two minutes, and football's got all these different protocols. Hockey had to build their protocols. Here's the crazy part. The league doesn't even have to think about it. They just have to look. Because in almost every league in Europe, yeah. they have this play in. Now, of course I'm following Landon in the in the DEL, the German league. Drake's, I'm telling you, in each conference, they could do the same thing that they do in the league in Germany. Top eight teams, or rather, top two teams, the division winners get a bye. Right? So they're in. Yeah. They get a bye through the first round. Teams three four five and six get home court advantage they get the home ice advantage Mm -hmm. um or rather teams three i'm gonna screw this up teams three and four get home ice teams five and six get the next two slots seven Mm -hmm. eight nine ten play a two out of three series to become the bottom two seeds okay so if you think of it this way the last two months of the season there's like four playoff races going on your team's trying to get one or two so they can get a buy. Then they're trying to get mm-hmm. three or four so they can get home ice advantage. Then they're trying to get five or six so they don't fall into that two or three, two out of three playoffs for seven to 10. Then the team's 11 and 12. They're trying to fight to get into the seven to 10 <laughs> playoffs. There's all this chaos going on, which is nothing but interest and it revenue is. for the league. Yeah. And here, you cannot sell me that, Oh, yeah, you're going to a team that's out of the playoffs, the 12th seed, they're going to knock off the first seed and then they're going to win four rounds and win the Stanley Cup. It's not going to not likely going to happen. Hey, the Kings Mm -hmm. one is the eighth seed. Were they not Mm -hmm. deserving? You have to play hockey for two months to win. Yeah, I am flabbergasted. This doesn't get more play like I, I can't even begin to think of a negative spot. Yeah, other than, hey, we've never seen it before and we don't want to try something different. That's that's it. Uh, Change is difficult. Well, I get
0: it. they just they being those who support it, need to be more vocal and public about why mm-hmm. they support it. Right. right. And that that means you're likely to get a call or an email or a text message from the commissioner of the league saying, stop talking about this because it's not going to happen. Well, why isn't going to happen? You know, it's good for the sport. You know, that's I think that's the frustrating part from the powers that be in some of the head offices. I, again, the, the league's in great shape. The league's
1: doing great. Why can't it be better? It always Great. can be. Let's just find, a, find which way this can be looked upon in a quasi-experimental fashion, although they've already got right. real-time, real-life examples of how it works.
0: Yeah. Those are your headlines. Thanks again to Boston Pizza. Our interviews on Ray and Riggs this year are brought to you by our good pals at Canadian Club Whiskey who are asking, are you over beer? Why not try refreshing CC ginger ale next time you're having a drink or watching a game?
1: Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes. From results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts, to websites, digital, social, out of home, and everything in between. They have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net.
0: All right, thrilled to be joined on the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast by Rod Brendamore, the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. And uh, man, you guys are, are... Facing adversity, every team does, but with a string of injuries, you still find a way to win, Rod. And I know you were pleased with the win and how you won, the 3-2 victory over the Seattle Kraken last night, but pretty good indication of how tight this league is, isn't it? Especially in the Metropolitan Division where you guys happen to lose one, man. It's it's a problem with the way the Rangers are playing,
2: the Penguins are playing, and the way that the Devils started the year. It's tough. It's tough. This, uh, I mean, you're right. I think the league is just solid, top to bottom. I mean, every night, if you're, I mean, if you're not dialed in and ready to go, you, you're you're gonna be in in one. And uh, you know, the competitiveness. You know, I think the whole league is just in good shape that way. In our division, like you mentioned, I don't, I don't know. I mean, every night we we're not playing. I'm checking the scores. Okay, the Rangers are playing out west. They're playing. So, oh no, they win. They win. And they get, everybody just keeps winning. And it's like, all right. I mean, you don't really want to keep a score. You know, it was so early in the year. You're not really checking the standings, but you understand that you got to, you got to keep winning.
1: Rod, you played, you know, played a a really straight ahead game when you played. Like there was always intensity to the game and there's, there seems to be that same delivery to your players. How do you balance that? Man, this is 82 games and they can't have the tank full all the time
2: with, with your personality the best question ever because I wrestle with that all the time. Like, listen, there's two races going on in this league, right? There's a the race to the finish line on, to get to the playoffs, and then there's another race. And what do you do? Do you sit there and go, okay, look, well, real race is that second one. But if you don't win the first one, you don't even get a sniff at that one. So how do you gauge it? Yeah. So, hmm. you know, we put the gas down or the foot on the pedal make sure we get to the, a chance to get to that second race and we'll deal with that one when we deal with it, if that makes sense. So, you know, we have to, like your first question, I mean, what are we going to do? Try not to go out and play hard every night. Well, we won't win. And so really the the secret now is do you back off practice times? Do you stay off the ice there? And that's really where I think over the year, especially this year, we've kind of done a little more of that where it's we just don't practice. We're not going on the ice, We're giving these guys a little more time that way. But I think there's only one way to play the game when puck gets dropped.
1: Now, if you back off the practice time, does that mean more and shorter meetings? Like you still got to get your teaching stuff in and, exactly. you know, you still got to find the way to get the information to the players. Is that how you do it? Right. Right. So we all,
2: you know, not to give away hundred secrets here, but I mean, not that there are, I think we, we always, we just, we kind of talk about that as, okay, here's our practice today. And it's, 10-minute meeting, you know, and that's so... Because I actually do think at this point of the year, you're kind of getting... What are you getting out of practice after you played the night before? Not a lot, to be honest. So let's see. Maybe we can sum it up in in the video. We got a great video coach that dials it all up for us. And I think you can get better teaching that way than actually going out and trying to practice it when guys are a little banged up or, you know, not quite into it. So I don't know. There's probably an art to it. And you're trying to figure that out just by feel, to be honest with you. Did you have a favorite player when you were when you were a kid? Well, you did, I'm sure you
1: did. Who who was your guy growing up and did you did you steal anything from him?
2: Well, I was when I was young, I mean everyone did, right? Ray, you did, I'm sure. You know, my guy was Gila Lafleur when I first started as a young kid and Oh yeah, you guys played a similar game. Well no, but listen, <laughs> oh, everybody wanted to play <laughs> like that. It doesn't mean you could. Yeah. You know, I mean, I right. was in a, I like I was, Bobby Orr. What the hell was I right. going to do? There you go. I was in the Gila Fleur fan club. I got his poster signed. It's in my room. And then, I mean, <laughs> you know, as I grew older, then Gretzky became my guy. And everyone wanted to be like Gretzky. But the Gila Fleur thing is interesting because here I am idolizing this guy, you know, growing up. And I get in the NHL and I look over. He, remember, he was playing with the Nordiques, right? He kind of went away and then he comes back and I, I'm lined up and there he is he's sitting beside me at center ice in the uh, Quebec, you know, that, that was kind of a surreal moment. And I had the Mario Marouille. You remember he was friends with Gilles. Sure he knew I talked to him when he goes over after the game, made sure ge signs me a stick. And so I still have that, you know, with me, that, that was kind of a surreal moment, uh, you know, long time ago, but pretty, pretty special.
1: Well, it's, it's funny because we all, you're right. We all picked a player. We all followed a team. We all had somebody that, you know, we wanted to be, whether it was just in road hockey or, or not, because I mean, who, you know, I mean, I couldn't play like Bobby it, you know, like, how the hell was that going to happen? Right. But when, as you're going through your career, like you start to accumulate some amazing numbers and you, mm-hmm. you, you were a beast to, to play against. I, I really disliked playing against you. You were too strong, too big and, <laughs> and too good. But when you won, when you guys won the cup in 06, at what point in your career? did it become more about winning as opposed to just staying in the league? Yeah. I think when we're
2: all young, we're just trying to stay totally. in the yeah, That's another great point. I think there is, and there's truth to it. You get the young guys, you're trying to prove yourself. You want to stay in this league. You want to make a living out of this, right? And you want to make a good living. And so, you know, you got to put up numbers and you got to do this and this, but at the same time, you're in the ultimate team sport that there is. So the trick really is that the young guys to buy into, hey, we got to win. Right, all well knowing, man. I got to get my points to get that contract. I mean, it is—it's pro sports. That's how it is. I was pretty fortunate. I don't—I don't know what it was in me that I just I always wanted to win. Like I knew winning the Stanley Cup was all that. I think it just because that's what I was when I grew up. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't think about money. I didn't think about. It was just I got to win this championship, and so I was pretty lucky that way. And then as you get older, you—you you know how it goes, right? Years start ticking by, and you're like, oh boy are we gonna get another chance. And so I got real fortunate that 06 year was there was like 10 of us that were in the exact same boat where it was like look across and this guy's never won and that guy's never won, and yet got a thousand games and you kind of knew something that had to happen now. And that little little bit of urgency is probably the difference, right? That puts you over the edge.
0: Rod Brennan Mark joining us on the Rain Dregs hockey podcast. Rod, right off the top of the segment, you talked about man, you you know, it shouldn't be as busy as it is, but the reality Today is one of those days where everything's going on. So I want to ask you about balance because it's so difficult for any, anybody associated in pro sport. You know, your son, Brooks, I'm told plays on the U 12 team with Brent Burns son and Justin Williams daughter. You've got Skyler, who's playing in Quinnipiac off having a real good year there. You know, How do you watch all those games? How do you get to those games? How do you stay involved with your kids in that You you
2: guys were on it today with another great question. So this literally just happened. So I said I was real busy today. So the practice ended for us. And then Brooks, my son, had a game. He's at Notre Dame. They have a tournament. And so I went and watched the live barn in my office. That's awesome. And then jumped in the car walked in here a minute before this interview my son Skyler just got home for Christmas and I just hear him walking in the door right so there's <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things going on and you know what it's a great time though I love it watch his game Skylar, on ESPN plus you know I can watch the two games and then I'm doing this with Brooks so when Brooks is home I'm coaching it's busy but it's great busy I mean you, you guys know it. I mean. I don't know, yeah. Dregs, be, I don't even know if you have kids. I know Ray does, and he's done yeah, yeah, with the only guy, and I'm sure he's doing it with the, the next group coming through. That, that's what life's about. So I'm not complaining one bit about that. That's I enjoy every minute of it. Sounds like you're coaching a lot. You got a lot of players. You you wouldn't believe it. Like when I started coaching as an assistant, I was coaching (laughs) my son Skylar, kind of on the side, and I would throw drills in to see if they would work. You know, like just to see, because maybe one day I'm going to be a head coach. And so I'm practicing. And then when I became a head coach, I was like, "This drill is going to work." That I was working with the 12U team, or you know, whatever. And and so it is kind of funny how little things can help you. I will say, coaching young kids. Gives you passion that you see. They just play the game because they love it, and that's kind of refreshing too. Sometimes when you get in our world, coaching the real and the business side of things, and then you see the young kids with the smiles and you know the celebrations after they score goals that that mean nothing, but they think it's the greatest thing ever. It it certainly brings you back to reality.
1: Dregs mentioned Brent Burns. His son is on that U twelve team. so You guys make a deal to bring Burns in in the summer. Enormous personality. Right, he's like, he's just so entertaining to watch. Yet he seems just perfect for you guys. Totally. And is is that is that the case? I mean, he's playing plays with Slavin, which is not a bad guy to yeah to, yeah. to roll out there. But that's a hell of a pair for you,
2: right? Right, I think. Two things you mentioned. It was a two for a two for trade because we, like we said, we brought in the, the big Bernsey to help us, and then we got his kids really good too. So we kind of we benefited <laughs> on both sides of the, the Hurricanes, you know, uh, organization. But as far as Brent, I think he's, he's been it's been a f- great to have him. Number one, he's still at a high level. You know, I know he's thirty seven or whatever, but but I think it's been good for him because at that age, and you know, Ray, at the end of your kind of years to have a jolt you know kind of he gets thrown into a new environment new system he feels like a kid again because he's having to learn the game a little differently where he was just kind of probably going through the not going through the motions but you know he's like every day he's learning new stuff and he wants to like this guy's been around forever been one of the best defensemen in the nhl and he's coming in for video work and like i got to get better at this you know like i got to understand it And, and that's refreshing to have a guy that's that much of a pro done everything except when, right then you know that's kind of his last thing on his I guess resume that he's he's out to do and it's impressive to, to watch him
1: Rod tell us a little bit about you know I, I spent a couple of weeks in Carolina last year in the playoffs and I was really taken aback with how loud and how passionate and how involved everybody is around your team tell us a little bit about what hockey's like in Raleigh and how it's grown
2: since Six, when you guys won the cup, even? It's an incredible place to live, first of all. I've been here now 22 years, and you know, it's I never thought that when I got here first. When I first showed up here, I was like, What am I doing here? There's 8,000 fans at the first game. I remember thinking, You know, is this a practice? Like, you know, I took it for granted playing in Philadelphia where you get sold out building, and then I was like, Whoa, I mean, it took an adjustment period, but one thing I noticed right away was just how people are really nice down here and not that people aren't nice everywhere but there's just something a little different, you know The southern hospitality is is the real thing and, and then you get to realize the area is phenomenal like you know and so anyway that's kind of takes care of that side i think the growth in hockey i'll, I'll try to sum it up quickly when i first got here I, I lived here year round so i'd go train at practice rink and then i'd pay ten dollars and do the stick and puck because no one was on the ice so there'd be like three people skating around so i'd just go hey I need 45 minutes. Do you mind? I'm going to take this in and they go down there. I get my workouts. Well, now, like just for an example, you can't, you have to actually get a slot because there only is, they only allow 30 people on the ice for stick and pucks. And it's like, you have to pay in advance. You know what I mean? Like the hockey is blowing up. (laughs) Hang on.
1: You were, you hang on. You were training, you're, you're training for the NHL in stick and puck.
2: Yeah. Well, it's the only way I get ice time. Like, (laughs) (laughs) You know, like now, listen, right, now you wouldn't believe what goes on here I, it's everywhere, but now they they rent the ice for the guys, right? they make sure that guys have ice time whenever you want, you know like oh, yeah, it's right. it's a trainer full time sitting there for you, you know, I had a key yeah i was I felt great that I had a key to get into the room and then figure it out right, so we we definitely take care of the players here, which is great, I'm happy that they do that, but the growth of hockey here has been phenomenal, and the amount of kids playing. It's it's just mm. exploded, and that's the best part about it. And we have good good hockey down here now. I wish there was more closer yeah. like teams to play against. Like like I said, we have to travel everywhere to play AAA hockey, but there's enough kids to play AAA. It's just very expensive because you have to travel everywhere, and that that's tough. But it's uh, it's here for sure. Last one for me, Rod
1: was. Uh, I don't know if you think about it, but I do every time the Hall of Fame announcements come up. Your your numbers say you should be there. Um, yeah. I think I've got a pretty good grasp on the players I played against. Who I think, gee, that guy is a Hall of Famer, and in my mind, you should be. Um, Do you think about it? I appreciate,
2: and uh, the hard part for me is every year when it comes up, like it's like I'm like the most talked about guy. Like it's like the constantly bring us up. And I'm like, okay, like, I, you know, either put me in or just say you can't, because it kind of gets awkward always having to talk about it. You know, I think in light with some of the guys that have gone in lately, like you say, they're guys that you played against. You're like, ooh, you know, I, you know, maybe I deserve to be in if that guy's in. I mean, and if you just took my picture off and just put my bio up, I saw someone do a nice piece. I think it was Sarah Sivian and just took the kind of take the picture away and just throw all the numbers. And then you, You put it with 10 other people that just got in and I, wait a minute, that guy should be in over here on the left, but you know, then you stick my picture there and Oh wait, he doesn't belong. So I don't know how it works. We do know like anything you got to have an advocate in that little group. Right. So I'm sure there's something that's pulling away on that. If it happens, I'll be happy. Hey, listen, I will say this. If it happens, I hope it happens sooner than later, because as you know, it's about the people that help you get there that you want to thank. And my parents are getting older and, You know what I mean? It would mean a lot. If it's going to happen, let's do it so I can thank him. Because if it's too late, it's going to be too late, if you know what I mean. So we'll see how that all shakes out. But I appreciate you very much for for saying that.
0: Well, I I mean, I echo Ray's sentiment on that 100%. You are a Hall of Famer, Rod, no question. So we'll let you go. We know you're slowly getting healthy, the Carolina Hurricanes had a good run to this point and we look for great things as the season progresses. So all the best. It. Thanks for thanks, doing
2: guys. this. guys. And yeah, I hope our team gets out because I'd love to see what we can do. Uh, we yeah. got a few guys still on the shelf, like Pat's First day skater with us today. I'm excited yeah. to see this guy in a, in a uniform, whenever that happens. Cause he's, he's, he's something, he's something. So hopefully <laughs> it works out.
1: <laughs> well, have a great Christmas, Rod. Uh, enjoy Skyler back home and the, and the family and uh, hope Santa's good to y'all.
2: Appreciate it, guys. Merry Christmas.
0: And we'd like to raise a glass to the Fine Chronicles series. 45-year-old wrapping up the Chronicles series. Canadian Club Whiskey to Rod Brindamore for joining us today, presented by our friends at Canadian Club. Again, Ray, Final Chronicles series is the 45-year-old. It is available everywhere, including my home office studio. I'm pointing at it. Yeah, right behind me. You have to check out our YouTube channel if you're haven't subscribed yet you'll see it there it was yeah you know, it's just such a pleasure and a privilege to talk to rod brindamore because he just oozes hockey and emotion right and and i'm not sure anyone did a better job historically as a player of managing both those things i mean you played against this guy and you get it you can see it you how his players respond to him now as a coach like imagine you know you played for a great coach as al harbour comes to mind of course with the islanders but You know, I got to think that you have a bad shift playing for current day Carolina Hurricanes. You know he had a bad shift. You don't even want to look at Rod. Not not because you're afraid of getting yelled at, but mostly because you don't want to disappoint him, you know, because he did it. He did it as a player, so he knows what he talks about.
1: I find his energy behind the bench is really quite incredible. So I did the two rounds that carolina played in the playoffs last year so i'm like 10 feet from him from you know 10 15 feet from him for 14 games and when he gets emotional about a call or something (laughs) you'll get the explanation and then he just finished it's on to the next thing like he's so businesslike why i hated playing against him was everything meant so much to him loose puck face off tie up your stick like it was miserable to play against him and he could play like he could score Mm. he could shoot he was a really very clever player but his intensity to the game he's brought with him in a real positive fashion to being a coach i i just envision him being a a really great guy to play for
0: i uh, love the question of the hall of fame that you asked and and not to to go through the entire answer that he he provided because he's he's being respectful right he's not gloating in any way shape or form but what jumped out of that response was of course him acknowledging his parents and how Mm -hmm. it's it's things like that it's like winning that stanley cup in 2006 the major milestone experiences events of your life you want to share with those closest to you so i hope the hall of fame committee is is listening because i I stopped asking the question about why he's not in a couple of years ago because it it frustrates me that he's not in. Mm. I do believe he will get in and the sooner the better. All right, Chris Abbott normally joins us twice a week. Chris Abbott visiting is a presentation of Batano.ca, now available in Ontario. Remember, Batano, the game starts now. He was kind of you know i don't know i wouldn't say he was boasting he was just he he was being honest now like some some people chase their flight segments and their their miles because they want the points and i understand that or you want to maintain a level of status or jump up a level of of status so we believe that that is why chris abbott is unable to attend so again batano what's the catch line again drakes the game
1: starts now. The game is on now for Chris Abbott. He's flying around
0: trying to get points. That's the game. Mm, that is the game. That's a very good point. He did submit, though, the game of the weekend. That oh, he hell, of to, yeah, hell of an effort by him. Hell of an effort. Way yeah. to go. It's Buffalo, Miami. It's a rare Saturday night affair. Let me we think, better be I careful. He's
1: starting to catch up again here.
0: I know. I know. So the bills are, what, minus 7.5? Yep. Over, under. Going in. in. The line's 44 and a half. Chris is taking Buffalo. Um, and and some of it has to do with just his concern over, you know, you look at, at the line and you would expect to take the Dolphins. But similar to the way I presented it the last time we, we bet on Miami game was Tua was starting to struggle, right? Yep. And so now Chris is saying eh, Tua's in a bit of a struggle. So he's taking the Buffalo Bills. And I like his his line of, of thinking on this, so I'm going to take Buffalo as well to beat the Miami Dolphins. And you
1: guys are going straight up, no tease? I, I believe
0: so. Let me just yeah. double. No, check but you, you
1: you're going straight up. Yeah, I'm going straight up. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I, as you know, yeah, I'm not. I I am a sucker, a fool, and I'm taking a tease again. I'm teasing course, the Bills yeah. down to a point and a half. And I'm going to take that 44 and a half line and squish it down to 38 and a half and take the over.
0: Okay, good for you. Well, hey, look, man, it's getting tight, right? Like you were like a runaway favorite in the first five, six game of, of of this process, and things have tightened up. How about the World Cup championship? What do you like there? Argentina, France. I mean, there's so many different ways. We talked about this in setting up for episode 24. I mean, you could bet on Messi. Does he score the first goal? Does he score the last goal? The half score? Like, I mean, there's there's a million different ways, so you can check them out at patano.ca. Who do you like? Do you like Argentina?
1: They uh, kind I of am me am I'm a, I'm, I'm a Messi fan. I, I know you he's, are. Yeah. He's, I just think he's a, just an amazing player, but I worry that France is better, but I'm still going to take. I would take if I were to to play this. I would take Argentina to to win in penalties. Yeah, I just don't see the game spreading out. Well, of course, in soccer, that's two nothing, but I I just don't see that. I think it's. I think it goes to extra time, and I think they work their way through that and they get the penalties. Um, Uh. And so I would. I would take. uh, I would take Argentina. So I would also take. Yes, going to penalties. Yeah, because that's on the line too. So not only it is on the line. Not only am I taking Argentina to win, but I'm taking the game, of course, to go to penalties.
0: Ah, so many ways you can go with this. Again, we could have done an entire segment just going through all the players, what they might do. Does it go into extra time? You know, is either team going to score more than two and a half? Like, <laughs> there's right, right, so many different possibilities, and we didn't, we didn't mention Mbappe. Um, Mbappe, yeah. tremendous player. I like him. Really tremendous good tremendous player. player. All right. Thanks to Batano.ca and we'll see. I mean, Chris Abbott sends his apologies and intends on in joining us in episode 25 on Tuesday. So we'll be able to kind of poke him around there. What's uh, the weekend look like for you? It's already Friday. It's well, started. we've
1: got tomorrow. I'm going to make a legit mm. effort to either shop or sit down at my computer and order Christmas. Gifts.
0: Oh, buddy, you and me both. I got to do it. Tomorrow's the day. It's
1: got mm. tomorrow's the day. Sunday. I don't know how this happened. Reese, a now 13-year-old, happy birthday to Reese, has got about eight kids coming here for the World Cup final. Yeah. World Cup that'll final nice. starts be at 7 a.m., Dregs.
2: <laughs>
1: You're an early riser. You're good. Oh, there. I'm going to be that day. And then he's already put the request in, so I'll, I'll be on the pancake patrol, too. So uh, that'll be a fun morning. So we uh, we'll go do that. And then do you ever do
0: escape rooms? we holly and i did that years ago i wasn't a fan i didn't like it i just oh, thought the kids, it was
1: the kids love it oh so okay yeah, we've that's got a, different. they've got a group of th- kids going to a, an escape room for reese's birthday and uh you should see how flustered i get in there oh <laughs> i can't find my way down the street as you know with a gps so now i'm in a room that i got to find clues to get out the damn door i can't get out
0: are you banging on doors like finally let me out or no i'm dealing with other
1: people that can piece it together but you can also ask for help which is you, know, <laughs> you
0: don't want to be is, that guy though not no, early right otherwise
1: i'm in there and I, like nobody's you know i i can't get out I'm that's well, I'm, that's yeah i'm useless now, what about you? You got company Saturday? Then what?
0: Uh yeah, not too much. Not you know, it's been a busy stretch again the last week with travel and, and whatnot. And I know everybody sees us on TV and they look at the ocean in the background and the palm trees and they're like, oh my God, those guys just do nothing and live it up and lay on the beach. It's it's the worst tease ever, right? Because you're standing in hotel lobbies instead of being where you should be on the beach. So I'm not complaining. It's just it's been a busy week, so not a whole lot planned other than I got a funny feeling there's more snow coming. That could be a big part of my
1: weekend as well. Well, and if there is more snow coming, what does that do for cleaning your truck?
0: Cleaning your uh, Well, I, yes, I've learned my lesson. I won't make that mistake twice. And our good friend Dave Poolin actually offered his snow brush prior to my departure from the compound at TSN. And I'm like, come on, I'm going to ride this thing out. It's not that big of a deal. Anyway, I just about caused myself some grief and others some grief as well, but I made it through. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Yep, have a good one. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yep, Shout out to our partners to make the podcast possible each week. Our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, who ask? are you over beer? By Boston Pizza, pick it up. Get it delivered to your door. Just let Boston Pizza do your cooking. By Batano.ca, now available in Ontario. The game starts now. And by Doer. Use code RND15 and you will save 15% off everything. Check them out at doer.ca. That is episode 24 of the Ray and Dregs Hockey Podcast. Until Tuesday, enjoy your weekend and stay safe, everyone.